Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello! Hi. That's a good one. That's a good way to begin. I wanted you to sing the song. I, what's the song? It is the Kate and Betsy show. We're here to sing some books, you know. I, I don't know. I can't sing very low, you know. Yeah, um, we'll work on that. We'll okay. work on that. That's a good one. In, in the event that our actual theme song just implodes. If we do, like, a live performance, just look, let's get a piano and we'll just, like, plunk out some... Uh, you play the piano. Some beats. And I'll pluck my violin. Uh, and we will... Oh, what the team will be. What the team will be. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is Fuse 8 and Kate. It's a podcast. I am Betsy Bird. I'm Kate. Yep. And, uh, on this podcast, I, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tell the premise myself. All right. Just to change things up a little. Uh, on this podcast, we consider the great works of picture book literature and determine whether or not they are great and deserve to remain in the canon of greatest children's literature or should be yeah make it sound easier for people we make clear if book good or bad yeah, that's good <laughs> yay book words nice <laughs> that's that's the premise for us. Book good? Cool. Book yeah. bad? Boo. And uh, now that you have no hair, uh, because you have no hair. I have no you hair. You have significantly less hair than the last well, time I did Well, I kind of got this. a peach fuzz now. Yeah, you have a little bit of a peach fuzz, but you know this means that our podcast is now more aerodynamic. It's just going to slip through those other podcasts and come out first, as is my understanding of podcasts. And go right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Get well, it? that would get it because there's yeah. no hair. No, I, I got it. Yeah, I did get it. Okay. All right. So, uh, so we have a new book, and if you if you kind viewers actually ever want to suggest a book for us to do, uh, you can always email us at fusekate8 at gmail But but this week's book pairs well with with the last book that we did. Um, it's a band book. It is. So we are recording this during Band Books Week, but this will actually, this episode will play after Band Books Week. And I felt bad that your very first Dr. Seuss uh, was uh, the arguably the worst Dr. Seuss um, in many ways. And, and you haven't had a good one. And as luck would have it, the same year that this book was challenged, another Dr. Seuss book was challenged. Okay. But for very different reasons. So I'm I'm just going to... I've given away already the author, but I'm going to pull it out now. Drum roll, please. Ba-da! Oh, this is the one I said I haven't read. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes, that's right. I think we did men- you did mention this at some point. It's, uh, it's The Hop on Pop by Dr. Seuss. I would like to point out, already dated by the fact that no child calls their dad Pop anymore. These... Creatures should be hopping on a Coca-Cola. 
since we're from Michigan. But uh, that's okay. Hop on soda doesn't really sound right, and hop on father doesn't work. I'm either. sorry. Where are you from that you would call it soda? Soda? Yeah, what is my soda? roommate was from Iowa. Soda? Soda. That's not a thing. That's a thing. No, 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 no. Pop. <laughs> we call it pop. That's that's how we smart people call it. Sodi pop. Sodi pop is even better. Or coke if you're in the south. Uh, yes, this is true. Um, yes. So this is uh an easy book. As you can note by its small size, you've done one easy book before, and that was Are You My Mother, not by Dr. Seuss. The last Dr. Seuss book was, I think we can safely call it a little bit wordy. Yeah, it took me like 15 minutes to read yes, that thing. Yes, it did. It, I, someone should actually do a study on what the longest Dr. Seuss book is to read. I don't think it was that one. There are many that are longer. Um, this, by contrast... Could, I mean, we know that Cat in the Hat is incredibly simple. This is maybe even more simple than Cat in the Hat. This is, this one will take you less time. Uh, so you shall have a good, you'll have a good read with this one. So, so take this book. Come here, hop on soda. Hop on <laughs> Coca-Cola. And read that thing. While Kate is hopping on her poppin', uh, let's look at the last week's uh, quiz question. If you'll recall, it was a really simple one. So simple, in fact, that I probably should have put a little more work into it. But, um, as I recall, last time I asked, which came first? If I ran the zoo? Or if I ran the circus? Uh, the answer is, if I ran the zoo. So popular that it got its own sequel, If I Ran the Circus. If I Ran the Circus, which had significantly less racism, than if I ran the zoo. Also had significantly less Caldecott on her. So make of that what you will. This week's quiz question uh, is a little goofy, but it's something I actually learned from a recent book called Wild Things by Bruce Handy, which is a fun book for adults about um, rediscovering children's books when you are a parent. So here's a question. So Dr. Seuss, as you may recall, um, was involved in various movie ventures. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. There is an argument that there is a relationship between that movie and uh, Bob Terwilliger, which is to say Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. That's a side note. Anyway, that's a weird movie. Um, but he actually worked on screenplays uh, for other films as well. What famous 1950s movie of Teen Rebellion had a screenplay that was at least partially penned by Mr. Ted Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss? The answer may surprise you. If you think you know the answer, uh, give us a little email here at fusekdate at gmail.com and we'll see if you're right or if you're wrong. And we're back. And you read a book. I did. Yep. A simple, simple book. Book took. I rook. Look, man, look. <laughs> oh, right. That was the easy one. I was lobbing you a softball. Oh, that's all right. A book that, uh, in many ways, some people don't know what that book's about. We should tell them what this book's about. I don't about. know what this book's about. <laughs> I, <laughs> I read it. Well, that's, that was actually a problem with coming up with a good description of the book. I went with the publisher description, and then I had to kind of squish some things together because it, this is a hard book to describe in that there's no plot yeah um he it's 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 no one fish two fish red fish blue fish am i right am i right oh uh, my gosh yeah I totally mean, it's totally woo, woo 
<laughs> I know. I mean, it's practically go dog go in here, eh? Eh? All right, we'll get to that. Um, so I do have a description here uh, that you could read. And I've never done reader's choice, you being the reader. Uh, so you get to choose what voice you would like to use for this one. It can be, it can be anything you want. All right. If you want to read it like SpongeBob SquarePants, you go do that thing. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Squidward? Nope. Mr. Crab? No. Gary? Okay. Awesome. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Loved by generations, this simplest Seuss for youngest use is a beginner book classic. See Red and Ned and Ted and Ed in a bed. And giggle as Pets is on a hat and on a cat and on a bat. But a cactus? Pat must not sit on that. Originally created by Dr. Seuss, beginner books encourage children to read all by themselves with simple words and illustrations that give clues to their meaning. So what'd you think? Oh, I have thoughts. Oh, have have some thoughts lobbed at me. Why don't you? Um, Love them thoughts. So when you first open this book, mm. you're taking to a page that has a bunch of these characters holding pages, and each page, there's a bunch of words that rhyme with each other, like other, mother, brother, mm. back, black, up, cup, pup. Then there's one page... It doesn't have anything rhyming. It just says upside down. <laughs> but it is upside down. Yeah, but it just everything else is rhyming. Why isn't that one page? <laughs> I mean, they rhyme in the book. They say upside down, and here's Mr. Brown, and Mr. Brown comes back to oh, Mr. We're Black. Gonna, and we're gonna get to Mr. Brown, but, but it, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, this is true. It's uh, just weird. That, like on the front and at the very back. And at the very back. It's uh, well, it's he just... was a kind of a trickster. Maybe he thought it was funny, and he even though it didn't work with the rest of the book. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. Um, it's true. In the very beginning, there's this pup. Easy. And where is that pup? Uh, pup is up. Damn right he is. <laughs> but I did it's not actually intend to swear just then. That just <laughs> came out of my mouth like that. But the pup is, I think, from the Grinch. I think that's the Grinch's dog. It is a slightly less elongated nose, I would say. Okay, fine. Max you is, get, but yes, he did. You want to get a dog pity. in the vein of uh, of a Max-like dog? But he, I mean, that that's a very Max-like expression yeah. with the pup. well, they they were the by the, the same guy. But yes, yes, it's yeah. true. Yes, he liked dogs very, very much, and didn't actually do many dog-related books. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's one page where it's night fight. Yeah. Um, and it fight. looks like fight, and it looks like all the, night. The, the one of them is standing on top of something in the bed. Oh. Doesn't it look like he's... Okay, it does look like they're standing on someone. Or one of them is standing on someone. Yeah. It's a very I, small bed. You know who I think it is? Who is that? I think it's Pop. Yeah, it probably is Pop. Pop is the unlucky recipient of a lot of physical abuse. In this and this page is the page that scares the crap out of me <laughs> the most. Him, but... Jim. Jim is after him. Yeah, he means. Jim is... Me terrifying to be fair if a tiger lion beast is biting your toe don't you want jim on your side to bite the tiger lion beast? i have a feeling jim has a problem with biting yeah and uh he's got the same haircut as me he does <laughs> but you he's are got very angry eyebrows yeah and uh his teeth are terrifying well there is a wildness to his eyes that cannot be contained i hate jim <laughs> i hate that is, jim. those are strong words jim is scary look 
Jim has a job to do, and he does his job well. His he, job is to bite that tail. Jim is after him. He's after him, and quite frankly, if I was a betting woman, I would put the money on Jim. Also, I feel I'm like I'm a I need, little okay. This is what the one that dis- disturbs me, actually. This I feel like I need to step in. I'm the voice of our mother right now. All right. She would say because yeah. we're we're looking at the page that says C B. We see a B. C B three. Now we see three, and it's three Bs that um, are coming after it, these creatures. Here's yes. the thing. Those are not bees. No, I don't know what those are. They no are, bee in the history of the world has had a stinger coming out of its nose. I'm going to say, well, no, I think... No, that's a nose. Yeah. But even so, if you look at it, it's... I would have gone with hornet or wasp, That's but... too many word syllables. <laughs> wasp? That's, wasp? <laughs> well, okay, let's sing this through. <laughs> Instead of CB, it could be... <laughs> you see uh... the problem. The man was a genius. But then <laughs> he, he had to do bees. But then he should have drawn something that's... Well, cl- well, yes. And mom would say, bees don't sting. It's there. That's not what they do. We Wasp- don't know what these little creatures are. They're bees. Make, for all we know, they are tap dancing on a huge nest of, you know, a hive. You know, they, there may be a very good a, reason. Maybe it's the top of a flower. Could be the top of a flower. They could be very small creatures. Yeah, I don't but know. But I always disturb, was disturbed by that... Um, for no other reason except for the fact that there was a Smurfs episode uh, that terrified me as a child. We saw it at our grandma's house. You didn't. Nope. You were you were but a babe. But when I was maybe six or so, um, there was an episode of the Smurfs where a bee-like creature like that stings one of them, and suddenly they become this evil purple Smurf that if it kicks another Smurf will turn it purple, and they get angry. They're ang- It's like a rage zombie. And they just start, everyone starts kicking each other, and they all turn to these purple Smurfs, and then there's, like, all the Smurfs, except for Papa, have turned purple, and I actually turned the television off. I was so disturbed. So, thanks, Dr. Seuss. Thanks for bringing that back. I'm not very grateful right now. Stupid bees with the stingers in their noses. Oh, look, you brought up Sad Dad. Yeah, look at him. My gosh. I always read this one with a droopy dog voice, which my kids don't get, but Sad Dad, Bad Dad. I always do it like that. Why do you think he's sad? Uh, Clearly he's been fired. You think so? Yes. I think think, uh, someone left him. Oh, no. And now he's stuck with these three children. I think he lost a job and he's trying to figure out how to tell them that now they're going to starve to death. And then the next page we're talking about singing. La la la, nothing happened. Okay, this is the thing I, I didn't know. Can you, sp- and I, I don't oh. I don't care if I sound stupid. It's a debatable but thing. Can you spell bye without the E? Yeah, it has been done. Goodbye, where it's just good and then a dash and then B-Y. It's okay. It's not common, but I think you can do it. Um, yeah. It's not a typo. It is a way of doing goodbye. I would not recommend it. Uh, I just feel like that spelling of bye is not... I know. It's not kosher. But for whatever reason, I think it gets a pass. And I... Okay, and then the last thing is I just don't understand why this is banned. Oh! Well, uh, we have missed the titular... I got to say titular. That We have missed the titular point of the book. Oh, by the way, huge fan of Pat and his sitting compunctions. Um, I don't like that he sat on a cat. I'm not a big fan of that. Also, one more thing. In Red, Ned, Ted, and Ed in bed, I am pretty darn sure, and this is I have never heard anyone confirm or deny this, that Ted is, in fact, 
Ted Geisel, which is to say Dr. Seuss. Oh. This looks a lot like him. Um, he never caricatured himself that anyone knows of, but if I was going to guess, I would say that's... Is that why he has the biggest pillow? I think, and looks the most human, quite frankly. The rest of them look like those little Seussian characters that, yeah. you know, he would do with the weird dots for noses, but not that one. Where's, uh, where's Pop with his hopping? Here we go. Where's the hopping of the Pop? Okay, hop, pop. We like to hop. We like to hop on top of Pop. Stop. You must not hop on Pop. <clears throat> Challenge but retained at the Toronto Canada Public Library in 2004 despite a patron's concern that the book, quote, encourages children to use violence against their fathers. Are you kidding me? I am not. It gets better. Um, that's what I found out from just reading the ALA Challenge list. So then I found a different link that gave a little more information because, uh, so this, they were asked to remove this from the collection and issue an apology to fathers in the GTA, which is me, I think means Greater, Greater Toronto, Toronto Area, area. Yeah. and pay for damages resulting from the book. Well, you know what that must mean. No. Someone read this book and the kids went into the bedroom and started jumping on their dad and he like, had a hernia or something. I, it's the only thing I can figure. Um, but he says, stop, you must not hop on pop. Yes, but to be fair, before they are told to stop, they are having a grand time with their horribly spiky little feet. <laughs> Those are frighteningly sharp little feet on which they are, which do not at any point become feet again, even when they stop. They are still little spikes. Uh, but yes, uh, this is indeed the entire reason that it was banned. That's it, a stupid reason. Yes, I thought we should we should talk <laughs> about a, a book. Well, and it wasn't actually banned. It was challenged, and then the library said, uh, nope. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we think that's a stupid reason. Now, there was a per there could have been a perfectly good reason to challenge this book, because in the early manuscript draft, apparently, um, old Ted Ted Geisel there, Mr. Doctor Seuss. Wanted to make sure his uh, publisher, Bennett Cerf, was actually reading this manuscript that he sent in. So, at the back of the book, uh, you get this nice part. My father can read big words, too, like Constantinople and Timbuktu. That is not originally what he wrote. Um, it originally said, When I read, I am smart. I always cut whole words apart. Constantinople, Timbuktu, contraceptive kangaroo um Bennett Cerf did in fact read his manuscripts and that line uh did not get to stay but how awesome would it have been if it was in there yeah if they just cut kangaroo it would have been fine yeah contraceptive um big fan and Laura Bush Laura Bush is a huge fan of this book so hat tip there apparently their twin daughters had a fun time hopping on their pop so there you go Let's just have that mental image for a while and <laughs> scene. Um, yes, so I, there is not many uh, crazy theories about the book. It is not one of the better known easy Seuss books. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish gets name checked all the time. Um, as was, you know, green eggs and ham and cat in the hat and, and all those things. But it, I have my own uh, theory uh, and it involves uh, the delightful uh, Browns. So here we got the Browns. So Mr. Brown um, and Mrs. Brown. 
and uh, who he appears to be happily married to, uh, to Mrs. Brown. He's flung out of town. When he comes back, he is in the company, quite the cozy company, of Mr. Black. I don't know about cozy. Let's not read into this. They're arm in arm. They're arm in arm. They are very comfortable with one another. Uh, one person suggested that he is his new rabbi. That is also a possibility. Um, <laughs> I was just looking at his hat, and I'm like, hmm, Orthodox Jew? It, it kind of looks like it, doesn't he? It, it, it would be nice. I, I mean, we are in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur right now, so... Exactly. Break out the apples and honey. Um, yes, and then Pup's not talking, but Mrs. Brown, nowhere in sight. So, don't that that thought did cross my mind. I yeah, will she say. Is, she but let's, let's not read into it too much. All Come right. on. It's, it's a kid's just, book. Come it's on. a kid's book. How much is there to read into that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because. So there's this uh, lovely, delightful fellow by the name of Min Lee. Um, he is part of a group that I am part of called the Nibblings, uh, which is just a bunch of people who blog about children's books. He also has done very successfully with his own... Uh, picture book called uh, Let Me Finish, I believe. And he had a blog for a super de duper de long time, uh, and that was very Barney of me, um, called Bottom Shelf Books. He had a post, it was originally written in 2007, about this book. Now, I have blown up for our reading pleasure two paragraphs from this. I should make clear, he wrote these in jest. However, I would like us to read these in the most snobby voice possible. It, like, like overeducated, snobby, like, <laughs> I like, I love the nasal quality of the thing. You're going to take the first paragraph, and then you're going to hand it back to me because it has part of the second paragraph, and I will read the second paragraph. And, uh, and I love this because he does what I do many times, and he reads way too much into Hop on Pop. Many point to Bruno Bettelheim's award-winning book, The Uses of Enchantment, The Beginning and Importance of Fairy Tales, and the moment that Freudian psychoanalysts officially came in contact with the realm of children's literature. While it is true that Benelheim may have been one of the first academics to tackle the subject, it was the seminal work of Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss, that introduced children to Freud for the first time. Case in point, his playful exploration of the Oedipal complex, Hop on Pop. Thank you, thank you. Hop on Pop was published in 1963, a full 13 years before Bettelheim's enchantment, and decades before Freud was widely dismissed by the psychological community as a coked-up sex fiend, <laughs> Pop can be read as a thinly-veined introduction to the disturbing psychosexual theory that the father is the enemy who is preventing us from realizing some deeply ingrained sexual need for our mothers. Gross. Luckily, Seuss didn't get... Too caught up in the raging Sigmundsteria of the times. Otherwise, he may have been tempted to go all out Oedipal and written his book as Hop on Pop, then Marry Mommy, which probably <laughs> would have tarnished his other's otherwise untouchable legacy. 
it goes on, but I'll link to it in the show notes. It gets it gets very good after that, um, applying itself to uh, Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, uh, Horton Hears a Who, um, theories that I have actually never uh, read before. So. Hop on Pop and then Marry Mommy. Hop on Pop and then Marry Mommy is brilliant, I have to say. Right. Um, but I would uh, I would reiterate, Pop is an outdated term for one's uh, one's father, but it does rhyme. So I think single-handedly this book has kept the word pop in the lexicon. Oh, well done there. Oh, uh, ratings time. Oh. Ratings time. Did it come so soon? How, how do you rate something that doesn't have a plot? Well, that's the question. It was like Heather has two mommies didn't have much of a plot either. That had more of a plot than this. Yeah. This is just a series of... Words that rhyme. Words that rhyme. Except not always. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to bring this up. There is one part of this book. I can read most of this in a rhyming cadence. Jump, bump. He jumped, he bumped. Fast, past. He went past, fast. Then we get to this one. Went, tent, sent. He went into the tent. I sent him out of the tent. It is the one part in the book where it does not have the right cadence. It does not rhyme. It rhymes tent with tent. <laughs> Is lazy, lazy page. I hate this page. I hate this page. Sorry. Okay. Ratings time. <laughs> so, hate you, page. Um, yeah. How do you rate something that doesn't have a plot? Well, you can if you have kids. I imagine it helps them read. So sure that's... does. It's very useful for for the helping the kids to read and very simple words. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Hard to make easy books. I would argue they are the hardest. Because if you're allowed any number of words and any word you want in your Dr. Seuss, you'd be like, the flipperty goo went to swallow salute, you know. Whereas with this, he, he was limited to words that were had like, you know, three letters in them for crying out loud sometimes. So it's like an exercise in uh, whether or not one can even write this book. Yeah. So um, well done, sir. I mean, I would say um, it doesn't have a plot, but it helps kids read. Um, it's nice and colorful. Um, I hate Jim. I hate Jim. <laughs> I can't. S you might hate that page. Uh, I hate Jim. Yeah. Um, I'm getting you Jim in a t-shirt now. No, don't I'll you dare. I'll be like, look, he's Jim. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night yeah. with the grandma from Runaway or Good Night Moon, <laughs> and, and Jim's just gonna be staring over you like the Babadook. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where are the most terrifying things in books? Apparently, Kate can find them. Yep, yep, um, yep. Well, it is, he, he does have crazy eyes. I will, I'll grant you that. And teeth. My gosh, Well, of course teeth. he has teeth. He's biting a tail. He can't gum it. But he has, like, adult teeth and a little kid mouth. Jim is after him. We just have to accept that. Jim needs to be put away or something. Jim clearly is saving someone. No. In many ways, he's the hero of this book. He's, he's saving himself Team from Jim. Biting someone else right now. What? It, it's a, maybe another tiger lion. Mm. Anyway, I don't know. I I guess um, six point five. Oh, see, I was gonna go as high as seven point two. Oh my god! I am wanted to do a point two for so long, <laughs> and today I can. So seven point two. I'm standing by it. So I'm a six point five. You're a seven point two. What's the average? No, 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 no. I was <laughs> I was informed there would be no math. Where's my six-year-old? She can do it. Ellie. Mommy needs some math done. Mommy can't find the math. 
Alright, so yes, you are a classic, Hop on Pop. You're not the top classic. Yeah, I wouldn't even put you in the top five easy BBC books of Dr. Seuss, but you're a classic. You're a simple classic. And you're, uh, you have a name that everyone recognizes. Like, you say Hop on Pop to someone, they know that's a book. I did not know that was a book. You, did, you didn't know that was a book? I did not know that was Hop a book. Hop on Pop? Nope. With the poppin' and the hoppin'? Nope. Now, if you had said Hop on Soda, I would've been all over that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I wouldn't, uh... Besides, that wouldn't rhyme. It would have to be like, like Rhoda the Soda. No, that's not a <laughs> verb. Ah, Dr. Seuss! You had such a hard job and you did it so well. Alright, and that's why this is a classic. Throw it on the bed! Boom! Alright. Uh, um, we did, um, we didn't get much in the way of mail this week, but we did get a suggestion, um, that I had never gotten before, uh, about our podcast, and somebody, uh, wrote today, Barb, uh, last name withheld, and she asked if our podcast was going to show up on Google Play, which I didn't even know was an option. No, so it was an option either. A hat tip to you, Barb. I will... Make another attempt to put this on Stitcher, and I'm gonna check out this whole uh, Google Play because apparently the yarn podcast is on Google Play, and we can't have that. We can't have the yarn where we are not. So I will give that a, an attempt. Cool. Uh, this week. So yay! Thank you, Barb. Had to. All right. Uh, grown up things we like. Grown up things we like. You go grown first. Think grown up things. Grown up things I like. Okay. Let's talk about. Inappropriate for children books. Um, this is a book for adults in that it was published for adults. Um, but was originally intended, I think, to be for teens. Um, but it was too dirty. And the name of the book is All the Dirty Parts. It's by Daniel Handler. Um, Daniel Handler, who is probably better known by his uh, pseudonym, uh, Lemony Snicket. Huh. Um, Daniel Handler, good man. And... Uh, as his real name, Daniel Handler, he wrote a book, um, and he wrote a New York Times article, uh, saying that, uh, teen boys like books with sex in them, and we don't have enough of them coming out. Um, some people responded, teen girls like sex too. Why are you only talking about boys? But this book is about a boy, and the title is not a misnomer. It is all the dirty parts. It's essentially just about the filthiest book you've ever read. It's basically a book when you actually like get down to it and get to the plot it's about a teenage boy it basically is about how teenage boys look at sex in a world where porn is so easy to come by that it teaches them what they think they know about sex and it actually has a really good character character development uh, change of heart in the in the in the last act. Uh, it's really good, but you do unfortunately have to boil your eyeballs every time you put it down because it is the filthiest thing. Um, and you I recommend this? Highly, highly recommend it. I'm sorry, it's well done. Just be prepared because the name is there for a reason. Okay. All the dirty parts by Daniel Handler. Okay, your turn. So last night I went to a mixer with our sound engineer. Uh, I'm sorry, are you talking about our senior executive distributor and science Viking? Science Viking? I found it and it seemed appropriate. <laughs> yes. Yes. I went to a mixer with our science Viking. We only have one. Yesterday. Um, it was uh, it was with 
the Giant Screen Cinema Association and the Themed Entertainment Association, um, which was sponsored by Electrosonic and Christie, the makers who do like projections. Um, anyway, so there were a lot of scientists there because Giant screen cinema association they do like at the planetarium you know that giant screen that's cool so i decided to go and i wore this skirt that the science viking bought for me as a birthday gift Mm -hmm. um and it lights up (gasps) there are led lights throughout the skirt and uh, you can turn it to either on flickering or off and i had it on flickering and all these scientists these women probably, I don't know, 50, 60 years old said, where did you get that skirt? I need to buy it right now. I'm going to get on the website and buy it. So Okay, so we're going to have to link to where this was purchased on our show notes so that everyone else can buy this amazing... If, if they want, it yeah. Lights it's, up. It lights up. It lights up. And it's got, on the outside of the skirt, it looks like um, constellations with the, you know, the dots yeah. and the lines and whatever. Not the lines, just the dots, I think. And then the inside of the skirt, you have to connect. It's really, it's super easy. You just connect, you snap in the wires with snaps. And then you plug it into a battery pack that's on your back, uh, like, you know, your lower yeah. back. And, uh, yeah, and I, it's from thinkgeek.com. And I highly recommend it if you want a sparkly skirt. Because a lot of scientists awesome. like it. So. <laughs> Scientist approved. Wow, that's cool. And now I suddenly, for whatever reason, have had a mental image of, you know that, um, you have that blow-up Tyrannosaurus Rex outfit? I do. Could you wear the sparkly skirt with the Tyrannosaurus Uh, Rex outfit? No. Oh. And you bring up a good point that I forgot to mention. Uh, (laughs) So glad we're covering this, because I know that everyone else had that question, too. Yes. So, apparently, the makers of the skirt didn't realize that women have hips. Oh, dear. So, their sizing is mainly based on waist, and they don't realize it has to go over hips. Yeah. So you can't go up into it. Um, I I couldn't. So he okay. he bought it for me, and we had to promptly return it. I see. <laughs> I should just tell you, as someone who's got uh, shelves uh, on her sides, uh, if you can't get into a skirt, try going up into it. That that is how you get into a skirt that you can't get. Yeah, to this pull was up. even. Yeah. It was too. Usually, was I wear too, a yeah. small, mm-hmm. and this was a medium. I had. To oh get. wow. So okay. all right. Size up. Yeah, and you aren't exactly Zoptic, so, yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Size it up, people. Size it up. Well, that is awesome. Yeah. Yay! All right. Well, yay. So now we've had a happy Seuss. We had a, we had a yeah. weirdo Seuss, and we have, now we've had, well, but, they both, but they've both been challenged, so. Yeah, it was a simple Seuss. It's a simple Seuss. And it was challenged for a stupid reason. Come on. Yes, it was. A very, most books are. It should have been most challenged because are. of Jim. No, no, no. That's not. Yep. That is not actually. I challenge no, thee. No. To a banning of Hop on Pop. No, not true. No. From no, Jim. I can't stand behind this. Jim's fine. We will have a big picture of Jim on this show notes. I can tell you that much. Yeah. All right. Thanks for doing it with me, buddy. No problem. I've been Betsy. I'm still Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8, that's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givenskime, and our senior executive distributor and science viking is Drew Etienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird, and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.